as self-aware as I am without knowing half of my identity, essentially. That makes me so super curious and motivated to search for my other half in terms of finding my biological father one day, just so that the unanswered questions, ideas, concerns that I have are finally not put to rest necessarily. But if at this stage in my life, I know this much about myself, Imagine how much more I would know about myself if I knew the other half. And I mean, like truly knew the other half, not just surface level, secondary information or, yeah. Catherine is a heart-driven woman navigating the world with strong faith. Her relationship with the Heavenly Father has been a pillar of strength and a huge influence in her life as her relationship with her biological father is non-existent. Welcome to The Safe Haven. I'm your host, Amanda Lytle. The Safe Haven offers a collection of conversations about life's challenges and the pivots we make in order to keep moving forward. Catherine and I share a love of a Netflix series called This Is Us. We have both found so many aspects of this plotline that resonate with us, and there's one in particular that reached Catherine's core. Part of the plotline in season one surrounds Randall searching for and finding his biological father, which is something that Catherine has thought about for her entire life. It was seeing it happen in the show that brought out the multitude of outcomes that could come of this, and we talk about this today. In this impactful conversation, Catherine explains how part of her identity has felt like it's been missing, not knowing much about the Vietnamese part of her being. She has spent many years longing for more information and more connection to her Vietnamese heritage and family while never feeling like she's totally belonged in any one space. Before we jump in, I need to make you aware of how a recording goes. I have the ability to pause the recording and to ask questions before we continue. Today, we navigate into some heavy territory about Catherine searching for her biological father and what that could look like. We entered this area with Catherine's consent and sat together for over 40 minutes post-recording to discuss everything. Catherine has an incredible support system, both personal and professional, to work through these feelings and experiences with. Pre-recording, we had talked so much about the show that we both love, This Is Us. The one character that I'd mentioned before, Randall, who goes through something in the show, has really sparked something in Catherine, and that's where we jump in today. TV influences me in very weird and unique ways, but also being an empath, I sometimes feel like when I'm watching a television show, I'm part of the television show. But as I was watching it, I really identified with Randall's story, um, just being adopted into a white family per se. Not that I'm adopted, although technically I am, but um, by my stepdad. But um, I was watching it and Randall had this desire to find his birth father, William, I mean, because it's a show and it's scripted, he was successful, but he also had enough money in the show to hire private investigators to find his dad. And when he did, there were so many like conversations and discussions that they were having or that were prompted in my mind that made me think to myself, wow, like this idea appeals to me so much, but seemed super far-fetched until I watched this and thought to myself, no, maybe... I could look for my biological father and maybe I would be successful and maybe it wouldn't be as harmonious as the union between William and Randall was, but I would kick myself for not trying, especially since at this age, my biological father is probably in his sixties. 
And I don't know like if he's still alive, but I hope that he would be. And I hope that I could find him in the coming years and maybe just have a conversation with him or at least look him in the eyes or like face to face so that he knows that I am his daughter and he did make me and that not wanting to be in any part of my life on any capacity was a huge loss for him, I feel. And at the same time, a huge loss for me. Yeah. I have a one wonderful stepfather. He's been there since I was two years old. I just call him dad and he's amazing. Um, such a gift from God. But uh, something that I cannot shake is that I have a younger sister who is a result of my mom and my stepdad. So she's my half sister. So we have the same mom, but different dads. And just growing up side by side with her and just knowing she has the fortune or the blessing of knowing who her biological mom and who her biological father is. And so that if she does or doesn't do something in some capacity, she knows who she gets it from or where she gets it from or how it was cultivated. Whereas me, I always felt like I was left guessing because I could see parts of my my mom and myself for sure. But there are other parts of me that I was wondering about or always curious about, even from a very young age. Like, am I this way because of my dad? Do I like these things or don't like these things because of my biological father? Like, where's the connection? Where's my sense of place or even my own identity? Because I'm also a mixed race. So my biological father is Vietnamese and my mom is like a German Dutch combination. So yeah, just thinking about that too. Who am I? Where do I come from? What is this Vietnamese heritage that I claim to be a part of and yet don't really know too much about it either? I just have a lot of questions and I would like to find answers and I hope that one day I'm able to. Mm -hmm. In what ways are you able to be a part of or how do you nourish that side of who you are? It's interesting that you should ask that because I haven't, in my younger years, I didn't actively seek it out. I think in some ways I kind of, actually, to be quite honest, I kind of hid it. Um, so like when I was younger, I was, I mean, I was aware that I was different or at least different from like the other white kids in my school. And for example, when I smiled, my eyes got more squinty because I am half Asian. And that was something I was very self-conscious of because I don't know, all the beautiful girls in my school had really wide eyes and I wished that I had had wide eyes. And even for years on end, I would intentionally smile in pictures with my mouth closed because I thought if I opened my mouth to smile, it would make my eyes very tiny and like disappear. In recent years, exploring that more, kind of taking ownership of knowing who I am and that I am, there is half of a culture inside of me that I don't really know too much about. Now, I do have a really close friend um, who's been in my life for like over a decade and she's Vietnamese and I feel super connected to her and like I'm always learning from her kind of about the country and the culture and even the language and the food we eat and those kind of things. And I think she really connects to me in a lot of ways too because I'm a mixed race and that part of me connects to her in a way or her and I connect to each other in ways that maybe I wouldn't connect to my other friends who, who don't share a similar heritage to me. Um, so that's definitely like one way that I nourish it. 
And also, of course, doing some research online and asking any questions that I would maybe want to ask my biological father or even my mom, who doesn't seem to have like all the answers that her child requires is I do a Google search (laughs) and that's my form of expertise at this point. But I dream of a day too of post pandemic where I could go to Asia and visit Vietnam and really like spend copious amounts of time there, kind of just learning more about the culture, the language and the people and seeing if something clicks or if I feel maybe like a sense of belonging or even safer or like, like, yes, I'm meant to be here. And this is what that looks like. And this is the side of you that you've always wanted to know more about, but you just weren't sure how to go about it. Mm -hmm. I'm curious about that sense of belonging and navigating identity and how those weave together to inform how you live your life as an adult. And that would be within relationships. So friendships, relationships, work relationships, and intimate relationships. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. In some capacity, I'm seen as exotic. And part of me likes to hear that, but other parts of me doesn't because exotic feels like maybe I should showcased or looked at, maybe even like sexualized or just even past relationships I've been in. I mean, I would take pride in being part Asian, even though I don't know, I still feel like today fully, I don't know what that means to claim that identity over myself, but being in past relationships and just like having comments or remarks about like, oh yeah, my like girlfriend or my partner's a mixed race. And so that makes me more worldly or something like that. I don't know, comments like that, that just, they're just like never okay, even if they're well-intentioned. And me also kind of feeling like I don't ever truly belong in one space or the other. Like if I'm in a room of Vietnamese people, I maybe feel like too white to be in the room or that I'm an imposter or I'm like pretending to be Asian when I'm not actually, especially since my Asian father had no direct influence on me growing up. So sometimes if I'm in that scenario, I definitely don't feel like I'm allowed to be there. But in the same capacity, if I'm like in a room full of white people, for example, um, like being my other half, I still also don't feel like I fully belong there because I know that I'm mixed race. I know that I'm different, Um, especially for the times too. Like in the 80s, not too many people were having mixed race babies. So I feel like in that capacity, like my mom was ahead of her time. But now I feel like ever since and being an adult and someone in my 30s, having that, that hyper awareness to identity and race and being a mixed race. And what does that mean? And is there a place for me or being half of one and being half of another means I'm invalid in both. I mean, I know that that's not to be true, but that doesn't discard like the feelings that I feel when I'm put in situations where I either have to decide or identify in a certain way. Even when I'm applying for jobs, I have noticed that if I tell people I'm a mixed race or if I'm half Vietnamese, they seem to light up in a way that's like, oh, yeah, we're meeting our quota or we've met our mark because the people we're hiring are so diversified. Like, look at this with this girl that we've hired. She's a mixed race. So we can check that off on our boxes. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they fully understand like the implications that come with that recognition or that subtle like active inclusion. Yeah, that goes really deep for sure. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And people in those hiring roles or in any role, I can't even just say in a, in a hiring role would make a comment like that or think that they're doing the right thing. And perhaps it is out of a place of trying to do the right thing or, or good intention, but it's so poorly executed and it's done in such a disrespectful way. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's weird. In some ways I feel, I don't know, like, like a commodity or, or something like like the word exotic comes up again, where I just think like, oh, this is rare that we have a mixed race or she's like half Asian, half white or half Vietnamese, half Caucasian. And I don't know, I sometimes feel like it devalues me in some ways. Like in some ways I feel heightened as a person that, oh, I am a mixed race and like, I should be proud of that. But in other ways, I feel like I maybe have less value or mm, I'm trying to think of what I want to say. But one thing that's just coming to my mind is that here I had this father who made a daughter and race aside, he just, he decided he didn't want to play any part in her life um, in a weird roundabout way that almost feels like because I'm a mixed race or because I'm half white and half Asian, the Asian culture in some capacity rejected me as like a full Asian person. And so therefore I wasn't allowed to be included or invited into Vietnamese heritage because of how I fully, like I initially came into being, which was out of wedlock with no protection and just kind of super taboo at the time too. You're not seeing too many, again, seeing too many mixed race babies in the eighties. I mean, nowadays it is becoming more common, but I still feel like the people that do identify as mixed race still don't ultimately feel like they belong in one or the other. There's kind of like this this limbo, this sort of like metaphysical or emotional limbo that exists where you're not fully one thing, but you're not fully the other. So. I'm wondering about personal practices that you have, Catherine, that help you when you're feeling low and when you're feeling lost and navigating identity. How do you look after yourself? First and foremost, my faith is a huge part of my journey. Um, it's so interesting to think of God, the Father, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus, the Son of God, and how even though I was abandoned by my own father, I was collected or scooped up by, not even scooped, like scooped up by my stepfather, who I truly believe God placed in my life with purpose and intentionality behind, you know what, Catherine needs a father, and maybe it's not the one that contributed to her DNA, but it, he's every bit as special and caring and loving and as deserving of the title. And so as a byproduct of that, my love for Jesus and God as a father taught me that, okay, if a man who didn't help to create me wants to be a part of my life and love me unconditionally, then why wouldn't the ultimate creator, uh, the one who brought me into the earth, this earth, the one who said, you know what, Catherine, I want you here at this time in this place and I have big plans for you. And even though you are brought into this world in unconventional ways, at least by society standards, you are going to do really big and different and unconventional things that people may or may not <laughs> raise an eyebrow at. But if you trust me and lean into my purpose for you, and are obedient to my call, you will begin to understand why you are here, even if it feels like your biological father could care less that you are here. So faith is pretty important to me, pretty powerful, just in, in the capacity that I, I lean into my heavenly father when I feel abandoned by my earthly one. And 
yeah, he holds me and he cradles me and he cares for me. And quite honestly, I'm still here because of him, because there's a lot of times where in life, I just want to like throw in the towel and give up. Uh, I mean, I'm not necessarily saying that I want the life that I live to end permanently, but there are definitely days or even seasons like months on end where I would love to just hide under the covers and stay there until someone acknowledges that I'm gone and misses the fact that I'm no longer around. Mm -hmm. I want to bring that into a conversation about relationships, because when we had spoken pre-recording, you'd mentioned about how there was a period in your life that changed you as a person on so many levels. And this was a relationship. It was an intimate relationship that lasted several years. And that that relationship has been a very pivotal point in your life from pre-relationship to post-relationship. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, for sure. I entered into this relationship, myself identifying as a follower of Christ and this person, a non-believer, but I didn't want to hold that against him. So we dated for a while. And I think on paper, he checked off all the boxes. He would and still will make like an incredible father one day if that's his path to take. I think there were parts of me, though, that felt like the role of men in my life was very blurry from a young age. I didn't know if they were supposed to be like physically intimate partners, emotional companions, mental challengers. I wasn't entirely sure. I mean, even though I have a stepdad of my own, he worked tirelessly around the clock. So was on one hand, my mom raising me for the most part. So in terms of male influence growing up, I had very little. And so when I met this man that I dated, I think I, I looked to him like subconsciously as partly as a father figure, partly as a brother figure, and then partly as like a romantic relationship, only to realize that as time moved forward and went on, there was a lot of disconnect between us like we were constantly at an, an impasse. And I discovered that over time that he was very uncommunicative and I needed him to be there for me and support me emotionally and mentally. And he had informed me that he could not do such things. And I think in a roundabout way too, I thought to myself, well, that's not too surprising actually, because my biological father also said no to me in those ways, even before he had the chance to meet me. And now here's someone who has met me and has known me for a duration of time and is also like refusing and rejecting to get to know me in this intimate way of like recognition and validation. And I guess in some capacity, me starting to resent him for that, or even by stretch of the imagination, purposely sabotaging the relationship, knowing that what I was looking for from him, I was never going to find ultimately because what I wanted I think only a biological father could give me and that wasn't him and that wasn't my stepdad and the heavenly father and I are still working through that. But I think I'm at a place in my life where I'm actively taking a step back, quite a bold step back from being engaged in any sort of romantic relationships right now because I recognize I have so much within myself that I really need to focus on and work through before I can invite someone into my vulnerability and intimate experiences in a way that doesn't put pressure on them to be something that they don't have the capacity to be. 
I think that that's really brave of you, to be honest. I feel like there are so many people, myself included, who have stayed in relationships for that feeling of safety and comfort and even recognizing that it isn't a solid fit or that it isn't a nourishing fit. Stay because it's often harder to do the quote unquote right thing for both people involved. That was one of the hardest like acts or decisions I've ever had to make in my entire life, like history to date, is to choose to step away from someone that I loved and cared about so much, just knowing that it wasn't being true to myself and what I required in that time, but also recognizing that what I was asking of him was really a lot to be asking of anyone, not even just him, probably anyone I had been in a relationship at that time with for that period of time would have resulted in the same like realization. It's incredible. And like it would take some acknowledgement of self to be able to stand in that decision and to execute that decision. Mm, Yes, definitely. And it's interesting that you say that actually, because it just dawned on me that I am a very self-aware person and I always try and strive towards improvement and bettering myself. And it's just interesting that that's a direction I always want to go in. And yet I feel like because I'm still discovering who half of me is, or at least like the Vietnamese side of who Catherine is, that I won't like, ultimately it's very weird to be as self-aware as I am without knowing half of my identity. Essentially that makes me so super curious and motivated to search for my other half in terms of finding my biological father one day, just so that the unanswered questions ideas, concerns that I have are finally not put to rest necessarily. But if at this stage in my life, I know this much about myself, imagine how much more I would know about myself if I knew the other half. And I mean, like truly knew the other half, not just surface level, secondary information or yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you a question that might be a bit difficult. But if you're seeking this, or if you're seeking these answers, and have the opportunity to find them and are presented with a situation. Oh my gosh, I'm even just imagining how many different ways this could go. Well, number one, I was going to say, I love knowing that you are seeking the support for yourself and your own growth and your own healing and understanding, even before seriously entertaining this idea of seeking out your biological father. But the tough question kind of comes in with, being able to accept the unknown right if in fact he is no longer on this earth and how you would move forward through that um yeah i don't know when you asked me that my body tensed up and my (laughs) eyes welled with tears because i would like to really be optimistic at this time and hope that he's still alive Mm -hmm. um I would rather him be alive and like actively not want to talk to me about anything at all Mm -hmm. than for me to look for him and find him just to know that he's already passed on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what? The unknown is a really scary place, but I would rather pursue something and find nothing than not pursue it at all. Mm -hmm. And I admire that so much, Catherine. I think that that is incredibly brave of you. And I feel like taking those steps for yourself is going to prove so much to you're a teacher, I mean, is modeling so much courage and bravery for the young lives that you're impacting every day. I admire you and this so, so much. Thank you. 
yeah, it's not easy at all. And I guess something I don't talk about often for obvious reasons or maybe not so obvious reasons. Well, my friend, being very respectful of your heart and your time, I know that pre-recording you had mentioned that you have your answers for my safe haven questions lined up. (laughs) I do. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Okay. What are you most proud of? The thing I am most proud of is how far I've come. I feel like time after time, day after day, hour after hour, I continue to move forward. In fact, I'm propelled forward. And I'm so thankful for that resilience and courage and endurance within me that exists that is definitely of a higher power pushing me forward, propelling me through saying there's more work that needs to be done. And as the adage, the old adage says, you didn't come this far to only come this far. I have every belief and inkling that I still need to move forward, even on days or months where I definitely don't feel like budging whatsoever. But yes, I am very proud of how far I've come and I am very much looking forward to how far I will go. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I won't go there alone because I have all the supports that I need to help me get to where I need to be. And I believe that I will get there with patience and persistence. Mm. That's so, so beautiful. Mm -hmm. What would you like to be known for? I would like to be known for being a change agent and being a trailblazer. In my lifetime thus far, there has been so much legwork I've had to do just to get to where I am today. If I could in some way lighten the load or limit the legwork that needs to be done in order for others to get the help that they need and required and are maybe too afraid to ask for or advocate for themselves, may I pave the way to that direction and bridge those gaps in society that marginalize people in ways that we haven't fully recognized yet because maybe their need is not as visible as the needs of others, but is still every bit as much as important and essential to human race, community, and resiliency. I just want people to not be afraid to try, knowing that others before them have tried and succeeded. And I only can hope and pray to be provided the privilege and honor of getting to a place where I influence people in a positive way to step out into the open and into the unknown and speak up for themselves or speak up for others so that they can be seen and heard and cared for and supported. And if you had a message for everyone listening, what would it be? My message is twofold. They kind of go hand in hand in my mind, but trust the timing of your life because different things happen to different people at different times and you should not compare the pace of your life to the pace of someone else's. Like maybe you're having children in your 20s or maybe you're having children in your 40s or maybe you're starting a new career in your 30s or maybe you're starting a new marriage in your 60s. There is no cut and dry timeline that you have to follow. Please trust the timing of your life and trust that 
when you're ready, it will happen. And what's meant for you won't pass you by. And to add to that, be soft. (laughs) It sounds very simple, but it's really difficult. Another way you've probably heard it before is don't be hard on yourself. But I like to put a positive spin on things when I'm able. And since the word don't comes across as somewhat negative for some, instead of saying, don't be this, I will say, be soft, be soft to yourself, be soft on yourself, because the world can be a hard and cruel place for some. And if you can't be soft to yourself first, it's going to be even harder than it needs to be going forward. That is so beautiful. I even wrote that down. Be soft. Mm -hmm. Thank you so, so, so much for your time today. It was my pleasure. Catherine, I truly appreciate you and your sharing today. I'm happy you reached out to me many months ago with keen interest in sharing, and I am honored to have been that person to hold space for you, for you to share with this community. Catherine's biological father's name is Liam Quinn, and there's a photo of him on the Instagram post for today's release. Catherine has asked that if anyone knows anything about him or knows him personally, to please reach out. To everyone listening, I recognize the privilege that comes with my platform, and I am committed to creating a safe, brave, and inclusive space with intention. If this episode has hit you right in the heart or inspired you in any way, please screenshot the screen while you're listening, send it to your friends, and share it in your Instagram stories. Please be sure to tag us at the Safe Haven Podcast so we can personally thank you for it. If you're able to write a review or leave a juicy five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, that really helps this podcast grow. For more great podcasts, check out FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com and I will talk to you next week.